0: Welcome into this Monday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, Neil McCrady, Clark Ford Studio this morning. We'll uh, catch you up on whatever news that we have as we enter another week of um, just... Uh Isolation and trying to uh, bring some normalcy to your days, and frankly, normalcy to our days as well. As this thing is, uh, is, is, uh, is moving on. It, it's, it's only been a couple weeks, and it feels like eight months at this point. So, which is tells you a lot about our society, frankly. But nonetheless, uh, so we are this morning. Uh, Josh Kelly, old Miss grad, singer, uh, going to uh, join us here in a little bit on the uh, on the Oxford Exxon podcast. It's brought to you by the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West. There in oxford and you're going to be able to uh, again use the drive through the oxford crystal cur- uh, curbside service at these things again uh, m- more restrictions going in but nothing changing from a restaurant standpoint still need fuel still a lot of things as we talk about with the oxford Exxon, the oxford crystal uh, still in place here as we move into another week we'll get into some of that here in a minute on the show but again i uh, take advantage of that you can still uh, purchase things you can get things from those locations there on highway six west and again uh, coming to you from the clark ford studio
1: we are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. They're open today, and so you can call and get a quote on a vehicle. Nobody wants to do a lot of uh, interaction these days. You can get everything done with Corey and the people at Clark Ford online, over the phone, text, all of those things. No uh you can honor all the social distancing uh, mandates and still get a vehicle of your choice. You'll love it. Great service after the sale. 662 257 1900. Corey wants to be a car guy. He wants to be a truck guy. He'll prove that to you when you call that number. Uh, also, we're guests will join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Not really sure what's going on at Rafters. I need to get in touch with Hudson, to be honest. I um, know they were planning on trying to get some food in so that they could have another uh, feed the public sort of a thing. I don't know where that stands. I'll try to find out today and report back to you tomorrow.
0: So we'll get a couple of the different things that uh, that, that have changed around town here locally. Uh, I think Tupelo has gone as far as to put a shelter-in-place uh, order in. I think they did that a couple days ago. And then, uh, again, some additional restrictions here locally in Oxford. Uh, Robin Tannehill announced that yesterday during a, a community conversation. And then the uh, the board met yesterday, but you've had a, you've had a weekend, head of another week. You got all the uh, all the kids at home, Neil. I mean, we're not not definitely not uh, underplaying what's going on, but been able to slow down a little bit. I mean, is, is there can you is it possible to turn this into a bit of a personal growth period? In your opinion, um. your mind is more moving than mine is. I, I I can kind of compartmentalize and not really shut out or disregard, but. I've made a really point to not dwell on it all the time.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm dwelling on it. Um, I've got three older kids, I said Mm -hmm. this yesterday, who have all had their lives completely upended, and they're dealing with it in different ways. You can see stress. Um, Campbell couldn't find a pair of workout pants yesterday. And was losing her mind. Still can't find them. Have no idea where they are. They're probably in the wrong drawer somewhere. But
0: it's not about the workout pants. Nah,
1: it's just stress. Yeah. You know, she misses her friends. Misses her routine. The Wi-Fi doesn't always work the way it needs to work. So everybody's yelling at each other about streaming. Um. So I don't know. And then I think there's the unknown. There's the you see, really poor leadership across the board. Uh, I think that's stressful. I know it's stressful for me. Tate Reeves should be embarrassed, humiliated. That can't be your only response to this as a governor of a state. Uh, the president, the uh, the House, the Pelosi and Trump can't can't even say each other's names. At some point, you've got to put some of that stuff behind. You're you're elected to to serve the people. Do do your job. Um, I think kids see all of that. I see all of that. It gets a little stressful. You can't help but read some of the articles and stuff that are out there. And after a while, you realize that you know if, if some of these people who are very, very smart, and I think in, in, in almost all cases well-meaning, if some of these people are right, this is going to get ugly before it gets better, going to get uglier before it gets better. I've told you that one of the things that I find stressful is that Trump continues to talk about this 15 days thing and from his mouth to God's ears, but nobody else is saying that nobody else thinks this is over in 15 days and I don't know when the 15 days started was that seven days ago I mean I think there's almost a tease to people well, that, hey in eight or nine days this is over and we get back to normal and then what happens when we don't because we won't
0: that's what I was about to say with this is there and this is look this is not justification by any stretch of the imagination is it psychology in a weird way because he knows if he goes hey 60 days everybody's going to freak the hell out. I don't know. Is, is I don't, it is it incremental on I can, purpose?
1: I can no longer give him that sort of credit. I can no longer give him that type of intellectual credit. He does not do he does not behave in a manner and talk in a manner and tweet in a manner that supports long-term visionary intelligence. And this is coming from someone who will probably vote for him given the alternative. But there, this, is, this is a point where a president has to be above party. A president has to be magnanimous. A president has to be the, the, the speaker-in-chief, the leader-in-chief. He has to be compassionate. He has to lead. He has to be honest. He has to be transparent. And um, that's, that's what's disturbing, I think, is that you can, you can watch some of our elected leaders and, and there's a lack of transparency and when the mayors of Tupelo and Oxford and places like that have to step in and go okay well look here's what we're going to do first of all kudos to them I, I don't know the mayor of tupelo i can't Jason think. Shelton okay kudos to him kudos to Robin Tannehill, the people who stepped up and said hey, we're look, we're going to do the tough thing going to kind of try to keep this as real as we can when 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 they're having to do it because the people who were in offices larger than theirs won't that's that's not a good sign <clears throat>
0: Locally, uh, I think it's a stay-at-home ordinance is the way they uh, they categorize it. Again, it's not a sheltered place. It's not a hey, you're prohibited from leaving your house. You you can move about, but they're asking you to move about only for uh, for for purposes for. Um for essential things. The walking tracks have remained open. The parks are closed. Essentially what that's doing is you don't want 50 kids at Avent Park all over the same equipment. That's, that. that's the goal that is, that is going on with that. It also, any retail store of any, of any manner is going to be closed starting today. Um, from inside traffic. If they can do curbside, then everything that can still operate as effectively as they feel like they can. However, uh, if they do not offer curbside or delivery, then they are, uh, they are closed as of this moment. So it's, it's just, it's going that extra step to get rid of some crowds that were still congregating in a lot of these places between the parks and the retail stores. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll just say package stores can do curbside too. That's classified as a retail establishment. The question we have, I mean, nobody's going to know this answer. I mean, I don't think even Robin knows this answer because she mentioned several times yesterday about how things are changing so quickly that she 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 looks and feels like a liar, but it's just that, that situations have, have increased. They were up to five positive cases as of yesterday. Um, that number is going to grow. Robin basically alluded to that multiple times over yeah. the last 48 hours. Um, by the way, David Johnson of 24-7, one of the positive – cases so thoughts with him he, he put up an update last time on social media said that struggling to breathe a little bit but for the most part feeling a little better I know they had given him some uh, even that the malaria medicine had been um uh, had been used in his care so um yeah just kind of hit, hit home a little bit had a personal that's the first time a personal one has uh, has been positive that I'm aware of as far as People that I'm know that I know are not interacted with as far as being susceptible to this but just interacted with in general I I know I mean I, and again I don't know where he got it from I know he was in Nashville for a little while at the uh, the, the, the 24/7 publishers convention might have had something to do with that but I'm speculating and frankly that's a little uh, that's a little wrong on my part but I'm just trying to uh, trying to piece it together as we all are as we uh, as we follow this thing along so the, like, again the big thing retail stores closed except for curbside, um, no salons, hairdressers. You're not getting a haircut or anything right now. Um, otherwise, everything kind of the way it was already. I mean, if you're a restaurant, you can still do thing. You can still operate the way that, that you were operating. Um, I got takeout once over the weekend, and they they basically brought it to the car and said, hey, don't even touch it. Let me just sit it down somewhere. Everybody's being as cautious as possible with uh, with that. Now, the catch with this with restaurants is going to be how can they – can they move enough margin to survive and keep doing this? I know a couple have closed here in the last 48 hours. I am wondering maybe in 10, 14 days, what I feel as far as um, how many do uh, do remain open, what options we have. And then they just continue to stress that if you're going to the grocery store, buy what you need. The grocery stores are not going to close. The pharmacies are not going to close. The hardware store is not going to close. So, don't don't hoard don't buy too much because it creates panic and causes everybody else to do it too so that's the uh
1: hardware stores are open that was my understanding yes that's good
0: yeah home improvement projects
1: uh well at some point i'll have to buy an edger
0: an edger yep okay (laughs) is that what you're thinking about yeah actually crossed
1: my (laughs) line I'm not traumatized by the lack of a salon. I don't, from a personal standpoint, that doesn't cross my mind. For yeah, the kids, I mean, it does. You know, for the girls, it does. I mean, that just,
0: was some that was some levity during the thing yesterday. As Robin said, well, for the first time, we might figure out what everybody's natural hair color is over the next uh, the, the, point. The, the next six weeks. I, I know some some hairdressers, salon people are doing in home stuff. If you actually would want that or whatever, they're at least offering those services. But
1: so I pulled up. People can can decide whether they want to. Determine this as a, uh, as, as a, uh, yeah, we talked. Matt Browning made a comment in the, in the live stream thread. Jay and I both talked about his, uh, hairdressing needs and how they will, they will not be met.
0: He has hairdressing needs? Well, yeah, he, he has. He gets his he gets hair. Color.
1: Absolutely gets it colored and gets it cut in color routinely. Um, this is covidactnow.org. Okay. You can, uh, Determine whether you think that is that is biased or not. I don't know. I can't sit here and tell you that it is. I can't sit here and tell you that it isn't. It's covidactnow.org. Um, it's basically, this was last updated on March the 19th, so four days ago, so this might be a little outdated, but to the point of no return for intervention to prevent hospital overload. This might be one of the reasons that this is all happening now. This is probably some of the statistics that people like Robin Tannehill are getting is March the 25th to March the 30th. If there's no action, the hospitals get overloaded by then. If we do three months of social distancing, the estimated date of hospital overload in Mississippi, this is just Mississippi generally, I don't know whether this means the whole state or how that means, is Friday, April the 24th. This is where I'm bothered by the 15-day thing. That's longer than 15 days from now. If we do three months of shelter in place, Mississippi's hospitals, according to covidactnow.org, never get overloaded. And if you do this on just about every state, here's the good news. The bad news is May and into June look a little rough. Starting about June the 7th, things start looking a little better. And by July the 1st, just about everyone nationally is generally out of the woods.
0: But that's with the shelter in place.
1: Uh, that's, that's even with the, uh, the,
0: the stay social, at home, the social distance, or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
1: Without action, and everyone has had action, so that's no longer a deal. But for the people who think that the answer was treat this like the flu and do nothing, and again, maybe covidactnow.org is completely wrong. But it would have been catastrophic in virtually every state in the union.
0: Oh, well, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I think, I think, even, I think most everybody has understood that point.
1: Even was, the social distancing, I pulled up what state am I in now? I'm in Nebraska. I just hit a state. Even the social distancing um, is is pretty rough in a state like Nebraska, where there's two times their point of no return for intervention is March the 28th. To April the second, it's kind of all the same. It's all the same thing. I mean, I, it's what bothers me a little bit from just a psychological standpoint is I think this thing is going to go into uh, the summer. I think well, it's definitely going to go into the summer, and I just so when people say fifteen days, like the president had a tweet this morning that the the cure can't be worse than the that's cryptic. I mean, it, it, if in eight days we're just going to go back to normal,
0: mm-hmm.
1: explain that. Tell people why. You And, and then he, he keeps talking about how the networks aren't fair to him and the networks are mean to him and, and, and all that stuff. I just don't think this is the time for that.
0: Yeah, I read it as wrong, but with a, again, I mean, benefit of the doubt, whatever you call it, just this because of the way Americans think. This incremental thing to go, okay, just get through this, take a step, get through this, then we'll get through this, and frankly, in the process, going, hey, please God, let one of these medicines work and something crazy happen. You know what I mean? Sure. Like You're almost holding out for kind of one of those deals at this uh, at this point, but I don't know. It's a, it's a it's an interesting messaging question conversation. Um, I
1: would have a completely different approach. I would. I, I'm always a big believer in prepare for the worst.
0: So tell people, hey,
1: look, this is this is potential. We could be staring at two months of this. This is why it's imperative that we get this deal passed. Invite Pelosi to the White House and be kind. Work something out. Get money into the hands of people that need the money that are scared. Alleviate some of that fear. Rise above some of this stuff. But they can't. And it's not just him, it's her too. I mean, the the people trying to put uh, the Republicans are unwilling, apparently, to, to prevent stock buybacks. And, and, the concern, and the liberals are trying to put abortion stuff into this bill. Both, that's why I, tweet, I, I said this morning on the message board, both parties are acting reprehensibly. Whichever side of the aisle you're on, you can find fault with both sides.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know, because I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I, I do wonder, though, I do think, and this is really, again, this is not even really about Trump, just anybody, this is local, state, or federal level. I do think if you go, hey, this is indefinite, and we expect this to go 60, 90, 120 days, I think you've got a freak-out factor well, you do. with people that would be very hard to maintain.
1: So you're just kicking the freak-out factor. Yeah, I, but in 15 days or nine days, when you tell people, "Hey, we need to do 15 more days." Yeah,
0: I think you try to structure it around. Hey, here's the progress we've made in these ways. Here's this, but got to keep going. Good job. Kind of almost patting everybody I on the guess. back a little bit, and you move forward. I'm,
1: like I said, yesterday was yesterday was the day that I watched like Tate Reeves' thing, and I just just said unbelievable. It did lead to a funny moment on G-Pits. Did it? Well, yeah. We talked about how Tate Reeves' answer for this was a, was a prayer, and Gabe asked prayer circle.
0: Glad Gabe <laughs> got is, in on that. Which that's was good. funny, yeah. Yes, so what's... now
1: Gabe is the bad guy with the Auburn people, not me. Oh, really? Probably.
0: Although, does is Jay still – does he put that live stream on his own site still? Or no? Oh, yeah. He, put he it, does now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: he's the one cashing in on it.
0: Okay. I knew for a while that wasn't a thing, so I wasn't sure what, what was what was going on there man i don't know i mean i in the, the the shelter in place versus the stay at home there's not a ton of difference frankly um not really it closes some walking trails it makes you I can't be out for any kind of recreational thing along those lines i mean i i, I assume you can still walk in your neighborhood although i'm not even 100 percent sure about that um but you do have, to have to have some hey some daily life things sure. as long as we're being careful and doing the things that are uh that are needed i mean
1: that's what makes you irritated is you, you see all the pictures of the people that just are completely disregarding it.
0: Well, that's why Shelton went to the, 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 the links he did is, I mean, Lord knows what he got from a reaction standpoint after seeing those Tupelo Furniture Market auction photos over the weekend when it's just people it's just congregating great. in everywhere. I mean, it was, the, it was the Furniture Market version of spring break in Tupelo, just people all over one another and you went,
1: it's insane. In, really infuriating at those people and the people that you know don't don't take away my liberties. Well, no one—that's kind of the point. No one is, but we're, people are sort of trusting you to do the right thing here.
0: Looks well, like somebody asked yesterday. Said, "Hey, if you break the rule, what is it?" And Robin's like, "Well, I mean, it's a misdemeanor, but let's just just we're, just we're don't. not try to get in trouble. Just, yeah, just, don't. just don't, just don't, yeah. That's the deal. Like, no, you know, we're not, the police aren't going to come around and ask you what you are doing, but just don't don't be, be stupid. Just be smart.
1: Yeah. Whether you agree with it or not, this is what we're doing." So just do it. And we get to the one thing she said and other people have said, the faster we get through it, the faster we get back to normal. The faster we get back to normal, the faster things recover. The economy will recover. It always recovers. It will recover again. But it won't recover until we get through this and we We can't have hospital systems crash. We can't make it in America where doctors and nurses on ICU floors in places like Oxford are having to decide who dies, who gets to live, having to put valuations on human life. That's not fair to the medical people, and that's what they're, forget the politicians, the medical people are begging us not to put them in that position. And in several places, I don't think we're too terribly far from that. So do the right thing. Don't spread it. Also, you it's like I've told my kids, right now's not a good time to have a car accident. Not that there's ever a good time, but now's not a good time. Just gonna have to deal with it. You know, Skype with your friends, FaceTime with your friends, do the Zoom thing. Like they start back to quote school in quote today, and I don't know, it's gonna be it's gonna be stressful. Everybody's got to use the live streams, and we'll see.
0: That is the part. I mean, frankly, I mean, I mean, if you if you can get some stuff, uh, if you can get some stuff accomplished, great with it. But there's so many kids and households that don't have internet capabilities with this. I am kind of curious. I mean, I, I'll. I'll be a little stunned if whether we're talking about Oxford or we're talking about Ole Miss, that the semester actually gets completed as planned right now simply because of issues technologically. Yeah, I do too. I I think we're just trying to see where this thing goes and go from there.
1: I'm on a Facebook page, University of Arkansas parents page, and there were multiple people on there that live in rural places, presume in Arkansas, who knows, maybe other places, and their kids had stayed in Fayetteville just for the Wi-Fi. But now they've had to close campuses there too.
0: Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk to Josh Kelly coming up on the show here pretty soon. Before we uh, we do that and take a break to get him on the line, I will tell you that uh, Special with the PD group is still open at their three locations. You can uh, you can find out more at dot slash covid nineteen is the uh, is the address to see any policy changes, how they're handling anything as far as they do business but they uh they are open so you can read about it if you have uh things that need uh taking taken care of right now check them out so again sogms.com oxford tupelo and new albany
1: our friends at blue delta jeans have pretty much gone to exclusively making mask or uh surgical mask i believe
0: uh, it's it's not necessarily for surgeries they're going to find out more this week they're going to do uh they're doing some testing with some laboratories the hope is that they're the whatever the second best grade, maybe that's not the N95, but better than anything else, which allowed them to use with first responders for anything along that line gotcha. of protection as they move forward.
1: Um, so that's that's what's going on there. Today is the final day of their uh, deal at BlueDeltaJeans.com. If you enter the promo code POD at checkout, P O D, you get two hundred dollars off your uh, pair of Blue Delta jeans. That's P O D at checkout at bluedelta.com or bluedeltajeans.com. We're also brought to you by the Iron Horse Grill, which I don't know if it's open or not. I can tell you this, that they specialize in on-site, large event catering for up to 250 people, off-site, full catering services, especially beverage catering. So if you're planning a birthday party, a graduation celebration, a rehearsal dinner, or a wedding reception for some time after this whole thing is over, you, uh, you want to be able to enjoy the moment. You, don't, you want to take this off your worry list, and they can handle it for uh, beverage services for a 250- to 500-person wedding or even a 3,500-person gala. Get in touch with Sarah Black at the Iron Horse Grill, 601-398-0151 for your catering needs and knock that off your worry list. Let the Iron Horse Grill make your event one that is memorable forever. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. Call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth and let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. And uh, Dead Sox, knows that these are uncertain times. They understand that oftentimes advertisers do everything imaginable to garner your attention away from the worries of the world, as if they have some magic potion that will solve a problem in your life and help you forget about everything else. While they would love to solve your sock problems, they do realize that may fall on deaf ears, or as some would say, it's a little tone deaf. But no tricks, no gimmicks. Dead Soxy wants you to be comfortable down to the socks that you are wearing. So go to uh, deadsoxy.com. Use the promo code Rebel Grove at checkout to save 30% on all of your orders. Stay safe and stay soxy.
0: Podcast is brought to you by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Cato County, and Chattanooga. They do underwriting and processing locally, which is a huge help. And they offer the float down option, so you can lock in current rates. But if rates go down before you close, you get that lower rate. I think we might even have Jason give you some uh, some ideas as far as how these uh, these interest rates work right now. A lot of people have questions as far as, hey, the Fed rate falls. Does that matter with mortgage rates and different things? So we uh, try to help you out with that as the week moves on. 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Now we're going to talk to Josh Kelly. If you're in our live stream, hang out one second, and we'll be right back. Josh Kelly joining us here on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline this morning. Josh, appreciate the time. You just told us right before we uh, we went on air here that you don't have a lot going on. How are you kind of handling the uh, the the, the self distancing, <laughs> the isolation? You were you're supposed to go on tour here pretty soon, aren't you? So you getting a little star crazy?
2: No, no, yeah, I was on tour. Uh, I, I ended up doing. Um I did the the Today Show, and then we started in New York. I did New York, Boston, uh, New Hampshire, and then Philadelphia. And then um, I came back home for what was supposed to be about a week off. and uh, And my wife was like, "You're not going back on tour." And I said, "Honey, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna chance this." So we're doing good, you know. I'm actually right now. I'm glad that you that you said that I could use my cell phone because I'm in my my truck and it is the only quiet safe place that i have in this house with my children so it is uh it's actually a blessing thank you
0: guys <laughs> yeah i think say i mean probably everybody at home you've got all that going on what is uh what, what how, how do you get work done i mean i guess your studio is separate so you can get some stuff done along the, along that line right
2: yeah i mean i did I, I did set up a my mobile rig uh in the house and that's where i've been doing all my facebook lives and uh so every monday and every thursday at 1 mountain time i do a facebook live and that has been keeping me super sane and and also it's kind of forcing me to to uh, go over a lot of songs that um that i haven't played in a long time because people are requesting there's people in italy that um you know are it shows up on the screen and they're like play this song and and I'm like, God, man! I've done that in years, so it's it's forcing me to do that, and it's forcing me to learn new songs. And in a weird way, it's forcing me to get better at music, um, which I'm really enjoying. That the byproduct of that.
1: How so? What, how How do you mean?
2: Well, so I've got you know I've got all this different time on my hands, and uh, since I was a kid, I mean, I've always been a huge Stevie Wonder fan, and um, and <laughs> as a kid, I remember being obsessed with Stevie Wonder's song called Sir Duke. So yesterday I spent probably like six hours of the day um, that my wife was cool with (laughs) um, learning that song on piano. And um, it is an extremely hard song to play. You know, it's uh, (laughs) the, you can feel it all all over. Um, But the piano parts, uh, it's... (laughs) Win, all of that stuff is extremely complex and i don't think if it wasn't for the corona i really don't think that i ever would have learned it and um now i'm gonna i might play it on my facebook live today or i might wait until next monday to make sure i really own the song but something about yeah something about having this time uh has given me the uh opportunity to um to kind of dig a little deeper in music for myself and 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 get better, and I always knew that I could. I just just kind of set my way.
0: I read somewhere that you play fifteen instruments. Is that right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I do. Yes. I mean, I, I would say that I'm 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 really good at four of them. Okay. Uh, the other ones, you know, once you know the language, once you speak the musical language, they all sort of follow a same set of patterns. Uh, and so in my recording studio, I can fake a bunch of other ones. I can, you know, I can fake cello. I can fake the banjo. I can fake mandolin and lap steel. Um, but when it comes to, you know, piano, guitar, bass, and drums, um, I've got those, I've got those babies down. (laughs) I mean, I just turned 40 and I've been playing those instruments since I was 11. So. I better damn have them by now, right?
0: Yeah, music in your family, I mean, growing up, was it just something you did at a very, very early age? I mean, you're you're like 14 and you got James Brown trying to come after you. You end up you know, doing, going a different direction. I mean, all this stuff. I mean, how did that kind of come about that it was just automatic that music was one of those things for you?
2: You know, it's just, I think, it's just always been in there, just in my body. Um, and it was never something that... I was told to do or 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 it never felt like school or like homework. Um, it was always just uh, it was always just there. So when I was a kid, my mom, you know we had this piano in our house, and I would just sit down and start playing and started getting pretty good and, and uh, I think when I was around twelve, uh, my older brother, he accidentally left his guitar at home when he was coming back home from college. And a month later when he came back home to get his guitar, um, I was playing Led Zeppelin songs and he was like, wow, I guess I'll just give it to him. So, (laughs) You know, I think little things like that, you know, I just, my brain has always understood Siri. I just didn't know how to speak the language and, um, but I was able to figure things out. And uh, now that I'm older, and I'm starting to, and I've been around people that are, Way better than me, um, and I just ask questions. My whole life, I just keep on asking questions with people who are really great at what they do, and they just 99 percent of them um, usually give me the answers. There's that rare percentage that hold back their their tricks, but usually people who are worth their salt don't do that
0: you got radio play as a teenager, and again, you know, you have a chance to potentially go one route. Your family takes a little more methodical route for, for you and your brother and, and everything. Is there – at that age, everything is so instant gratification. I mean, did you look up and go, hey, what are we doing here a little bit?
2: You mean it's as far as music is
0: concerned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, the route that you kind of took, you know, slow down, you know, take everything as you could. I mean, what was, what was that kind of like as a teenager as you kind of started getting, you know, a little bit of notoriety for it?
2: You know – I mean, I always knew that it was a possibility, even though, like, my younger brother was in the band with us when I was a kid, and he he was actually the drummer and the singer. Um, I would switch back and forth from uh, guitar and bass, and we would all write the songs together. Um, But I was, I remember being the only one who really knew that that you could do this for a living. You know, all the other kids, you know, we were from Augusta, Georgia, and they all thought, like, that people in Los Angeles were, like, born into their jobs or something, and I was like, I don't think so. I think I think, you know, put the time in, set your mind to it. I think you can do it. I just remember them, you know, we were little kids and they were like, uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> But it was it was interesting. But when I when I got to Old Miss is when it really happened for me, but I didn't go there for music. I went there for golf. Right. And I was strictly focused on golf. It's all I thought about. Um but then I started, you know, I had this time away from my family and I had to, all this time to myself. Uh, kind of similar to now, it's like the Corona, it's like I didn't know anybody. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I had all this time myself and I was really blossoming again as a musician. And, and finally as a singer, I didn't really even know I was a good singer until I got to Old Miss. And, um, was that, and
1: you and your, realized, was that before or after you, and was your that before or after you and your little, was that before or after you and your little brother had a, had a band?
2: We had a band together when we were like 15 and 16 and, um, and then that broke up, and I started, you know, getting good at golf again. And, um, and I still played. I still would sit in. I say I used to sit in with James Brown's side band, uh, called Firstborn. And I was the guitar player. I was the only white kid in the band. And I was 17. And, you know, I think the only reason I got that, that they let me into, like, all these different bars and stuff was because I had a beard and I looked like I was older, I guess. But so, you know, I had all, I, I was still you know, honing in those skills. But when I got to Old Miss and, and I started playing more and recording more and, um, my buddy Scott Satchfield got my song amazing on the, on rebel radio. Mm-hmm. And that's just when it all happened. And that's when I knew that, that I was like, Oh, wait a minute, I'm not going to be a golfer. I'm going to be, this is what I'm doing. And, um, I think that's, I, I, I say this all the time. I, I give so much credit to being out there in Oxford, man, because, you know, being able to spread my wings like that, being able to have places to play um, and having that support, you know, everybody supported the music. They come, I, I used to have like a thousand people come to sneaky, to sneaky tiki. And it was, it was crazy. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And I think that confidence is huge. Just having that confidence and having that support made me feel like I could go to LA and conquer it. You
1: know, <laughs> What's that like when you, when, you yeah. go, when you go to L.A. and try to get started when you and everybody else out there, not everybody, I'm being somewhat hyperbolic, but lots of people out there no, trying to do the same thing?
2: It was very scary, and it was my first encounter with true anxiety. <laughs> I did not know. I, I remember calling my dad, and I was like, Dad, I feel like I can't get to the end of my breath. And he goes, son, that's anxiety. And he was like, put your tennis shoes on and go run as hard as you can. And, um, because I was, I started getting really scared. I was like, what if I'm not good enough? What if, you know, what if I fail? Um, what if I run out of money? You know, I mean, I was obviously, I got cut off, you know, when I, I called my family, I said, Hey, I've got a record deal. And my parents are like, well, just so you know, we're cutting you off. <laughs> so It was, it was interesting. It was, it was, uh, but it was also exhilarating and fun. And, I like being forced to make it happen, you know? Um, and that's kind of how I felt. I remember, you know, when there were moments, there was a moment where the A&R guy called me and he said, hey, you know, I don't know, they they don't, they." I, I remember the words, they were like, he's not a star. And I said, I think it was the head of A&R that said that. And I said uh, to uh, uh, Eric Klinger, I said, just take it over his head, and I, I can't believe that I was so had the audacity to say that. But I was young, and I just wanted it to happen, and he did. He took it over that guy's head, and eventually, inevitably, he actually that hurt his job. But um, when he took it to the GM, the GM was like, "This is a hit song." He took him the song, amazing, and then um, uh, it was just like a rocket ship from there. It was crazy.
0: Back it up real quick. How did how did you kind of end up at Ole Miss? I mean, you're being from Georgia. I read somewhere that you had one pretty hot amateur tournament. You got to win, and all of a sudden, you uh, you became a, a, a golfer, recruit. Yeah.
2: Well, what, what happened, happened is uh, I had so I wanted to be in the SEC, and I, I, you know, I I was my senior year. I won the in high school the high school state championship, and then. I, I won a, um, a big uh, tournament called uh, – it, it was in Hilton Head. Uh, Metal Hall Invitational or something like that. And I totally careered it, by the way. I probably should have never been in, in Division One golf, but I careered a big tournament. And it's because my dad told me to take my driver and three-wood out of the bag. Because um, I, I used to be wild with the driver, but I was I, I was ripping this one-iron – he goes, just take your and through it out of the bag. And I, I hit a one-iron off the tee this whole tournament, and I won the tournament <laughs> with this little buttercut one-iron stinger. And um, and Coach Woody Cowart, you know, uh, called me and, you know, offered me a spot on the team. And um, and I was like, yes, I want to be in the SEC. And um, the other option was like unc Wilmington, and I can't remember what else it was maybe the citadel or something like that i, I used to wrestle in the uh, so you know i possibly would have been wrestling at the citadel that does not sound fun to me right now so no offense to anybody that went to the citadel um but oldness that's that's what got me there
0: took a break and our talk with josh today about in-house interior and design nikki and ashley that can still uh, help you out with whatever you uh want to do to your home including uh doing things that increase the equity in your home they've got uh discounts for big projects they have discounts for dorm room assignments whenever that does pick back up you can find out more at 662-681-6241 give them a call shoot them a text message things can be done over the phone things can be done uh fitting the uh the restrictions that we are seeing in our lives right now so again it's in-house interior design. they got 30 years combined experience. They travel in-state and out-of-state for when the situation will allow that and more. So again, just uh, give them a shout. See what they can do for you. 662 681 6241 and the podcast also brought to you by tyson drugs and g and m pharmacy gnm is right there down south lamar in oxford but the bigger thing with them is they deliver locally in the oxford area to your home or workplace they uh will do uh parking lot pickup They do everything to make sure you get what you need when you need it you can find them again 662-236-2222 can you be a bit and, uh, of a, a ringer in pro and pro you know, I used to be, but I
2: also have to say this, my buddy Brendan Fisher uh, from Augusta, Georgia, he is the big reason that I got in too, because he was my, he was already on the team and he was my in with Coach Wee Coward. So, um, but I, nowadays, you know what? I Now I finally am again because I got my handicap up to a six Ooh. and it's because I'm, well, cause I'm all over the place. I'm telling you, I'll shoot 90 or I'll shoot 74. And so if you get me on one of those good days. Or, you know, in a pro-am, you know, as long as somebody hits a fairway and lets me unleash, then I'm good. But um, I'm still just as wild off the
1: teeth as I used to be. If the gods came down today and offered you a choice, you could either do what you do now or you could be a top 25 player on the PGA Tour, which would you take?
2: Man, no joke, I would totally do what I'm doing now. Are you kidding me? I mean, I found, I found Catherine Heigl, America's freaking (laughs) sweetheart. I have no idea how she married me. I have no idea why she said yes, but she did. So
1: did you meet her in LA?
2: I did. Actually, I had just bought a house in Nashville and I was, you know, I've been trying to get out of LA for years. So I, I was in LA for years. I bought a house in Nashville in 2005. And that's when I convinced my younger brother to come live with me out there the very next day I had to fly back to LA to film a music video for a song called only you. And, uh, and Katie was the girl that was hired to be the, um, the leading lady in the in music video. And we have been together ever since that day, we just hit it off. And I just remember going, man, I like this girl. She is awesome. She's, and at first it wasn't even about looks. It was, it was just that she's cool and, and she's fun and she's funny and goofy and, and um and then we started doing our scenes together and I was like, And she's hot <laughs> So it was it was wild, it was a wild time, you know. I mean we've been together now since yeah, May twenty third, two thousand five. So
0: Some of that uh a while. some of that same confidence and hubris as you do, going with the uh the, the, the record rep, right? Kinda of the same thing there. With the what? It's the same, uh, you know, the same confidence you have with the record rep, kind of the same thing with with, with Catherine, right? You had to just yeah. take a shot.
2: I think, I think so. I just remember thinking, like, I don't, I'm not going to let her get away from me. And I do, I do think that having Southern charm, um, and you know, is like a is a huge leg up for any dude, uh, especially when you're out in L.A. or you're in New York. there's something about the Southern charm, being a gentleman, and and um and I will say this a lot for the game of golf, too. Uh, you know, when people know that you're a golfer and, and especially a good golfer, you become synonymous with being honest and a gentleman. And uh, and there's just something about all of that that really helps out. So just, I think the confidence played a big part. Yeah.
0: Just doing a timeline in my head, that would have been right before Grey's Anatomy took off, right?
2: It totally was, guys. I got her for, I, I tell this joke in my shows all the time. I say, I got her for 20 grand. Because before she became a huge, huge, like, you know, star, I mean, she was already a star, but she wasn't, you know, she got really big right there during Grey's Anatomy. I think nine episodes of that first short season aired by the time we met. And, um, and it had not taken off yet. And I, by the way, I got to witness all that. And I'm telling you, that was crazy. Watching, watching, I'm, I think female actors, when they become stars in America, it's like it's like royalty. It's weird, and uh, and I, I'll tell you, being from Augusta, I was not uh, prepared for it. You know, people trying to, everybody wanting to like get to her. It almost felt, I almost felt like they were trying to attack her all the time. And I, I just wanted to like, you know, for lack of better words, like kick everybody's <laughs> ass. Yeah, you know, cameramen just like. 40 50 60 following us everywhere it was wild i mean i just wanted to break all of their cameras over their head yeah that's the how fish, i felt it was i was always angry
0: yeah the fishbowl has to be something there's no way to prepare for at that point and how quickly that happens. no way
2: to prepare for it it was so weird and in hindsight i wish that i would handled a lot of it differently but i mean what are you i was 25 you know in a hothead it's like you know what are you gonna do but um you know, now I'm just like, I don't even know, do paparazzi exist anymore now that social media is so big? Like, why do they even have question. a place in the world? I'm not even sure.
1: I guess they do, but you don't really, do you don't place. really see them anymore like you used to. You're right. I hadn't thought about it that way. It's good.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, when I did the Today Show, a couple that, that, you know, that one, that reality show, um, what was it called? Where they couldn't see each other. But they got married.
1: Well, I can't remember what. Oh, uh, uh love is blind. Um,
2: they're like, <laughs> love is blind. Yeah. So Have you watched we that were man?
1: That show, and then I
2: got. Yeah, true. We watched it, <laughs> and I got to meet them, and it was cool. I got to meet them, and honestly, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna make it. I can't believe it. But, um,
1: you talking about the couple that when, when we a- were
2: going outside? Yeah, the couple that won. The couple that won. I can't remember their names right now. Um, the ones that actually got married okay um they uh when they were going outside the paparazzi were out there and then when i got in in the car with my manager and my publicist i was like i can't believe the paparazzi still exist and, and she said no nowadays they yeah, they're they're paid for so you you pay for them to make it you know to make a moment look bigger because it it's kind of you know just for publicity wise and i, I hate saying that but it, it is the truth and you know, because you do, you know, I guess these people right now, they're on this big rise and you want to make it look as big and as important as possible. Um, but I don't think any of those photos from back in, in the day when when we were dealing with that are any better than the iPhone photos that people are taking now. So I think that's just the way it is now. right? It's all social media.
0: Switching gears a little bit. Uh, two of your children are adopted. My 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 daughter's adopted. You did one domestic, one one international. What was you know w- w- was that somewhat of a decision on you know where to where to go for that kind of what, what, what process to take? Because I know I, I remember when we went through it. You know we looked at Poland and some 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 Eastern countries and whatnot. And ended up doing domestic, but you know it's just it, it, it's such a it's such a rewarding but a strange thing. as you're kind of going through it because it's uh th- th- there's That's not necessarily one, uh, one one answer for it.
2: No. And I, and I, and I say this in my shows all the time. I actually think that, you know, do you remember having, you fill out a a novel before you're able to adopt, you know, I mean, it's like 400 pages or something. And, and I actually think that uh, every couple should have to fill out all those pages before they decide they want to have even biological kids, because you learn a lot about yourself. You learn if you and your spouse are on the same page, even parenting wise. And, and, you know, there's, there's something about having to take that time to even just really know if you're even prepared to be a father or a mother. And, um, it was interesting. I mean, it was, it was, it was Katie's idea. Uh, her sister was adopted, um, uh, from South Korea and she was, um, a little girl, or I guess maybe before she was born. And, uh, so she grew up with an adopted sister. So she, before we got married, said you know I I want to adopt first and um, I said, she said is that okay with you and I said absolutely you know like what who would who would say no man I'm just not really into um, you know giving a child a forever home it's not really into like saving it like <laughs> who would say no that's just not in the cards for me yeah, yeah. and uh, but she wanted to make sure that I was cool with that and I said absolutely honey and uh, so we went through that process and she said I I'd like to try uh, Korea, South Korea first, and and so we did, and we got really lucky because that Hague treaty came around about a year after we got Nayli, and uh, and now it's really hard to adopt out of um, out of Korea. Um, so we adopted Nayli, and then and then Adelaide, uh, we adopted domestically, and that kind of that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I think that became that came because we. You know, we had showed that we were, you know, honest, viable parents, and and we always said that we would be open to it in the future if a child needed a home, and blah, blah, blah. Then Adelaide, we got, she was a newborn, and she is a total spitfire, man. And, uh, and little Joshua Jr. came because uh, Katie's app was wrong on her phone. Because <laughs> <laughs> that damn app said that there was no petals on the flower. <laughs> Uh, how old? I was cool. I didn't. You know, I, I wasn't even like, you know. I didn't need to have a biological child. I was done with two girls. I was like, this is great. This is perfect. You know, I've got a lot that I want to do the rest of my life. I don't want to be raising kids forever. And uh, and then, but I do love having a little boy. It is. It is really fun. And uh, he is a brute of a child. And it is. Uh, I, I told her. I was like, I think we're good now, right? This is a good. We're at a good number.
0: How uh, how old was your oldest when you uh when you obtained custody? What's that? How, how old was your oldest when you went when, when you obtained custody when the adoption went through?
2: <gasps> oh, wise? she she so she was she was probably about mm, ten months old. Okay, Bailey really was yeah, and she came and you know what's interesting about you know with South Korea is that they um. They hold the children a lot, you know, because they feel like that, that sort of skin to skin mother, whatever, nurturing. So her, um, uh, the lady who was taking care of her, you know, basically had her like in a sling all the time. So when she came to us, she couldn't, she couldn't even crawl or anything. You know, it was, Hmm. it was very interesting. Um, she was just a sack of potatoes and, um, but it was really, it was really very, very cool. And I remember being nervous, you know, before she was coming to us. I was like, "What if she doesn't like me? You know, what if we don't bond?" And my wife said, "I just know when I put that baby in your arms, you are going to be good to go." And she was right. Um, you know, I, right, right when I held Nailey, she's like, "I just felt this energy. Like she accepted me as her dad." And and uh, and that little sack of potatoes watched the golf channel with me for about a year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's funny you said that. That's one of my actually first memories, too, was when when, when Carly Ann came home. It was probably just a couple of weeks. And my first real thought or thing that I that I recall was it was one morning. And we had her since birth. Like, we were literally the night she was born. We're in the hospital. But... um the augusta national drive chip and putt was on and i remember just sitting there holding her for hours during that while the the kids were playing at augusta and that's for whatever reason that's one of the first things that pops into my mind so it's funny you said that about the golf challenge.
2: yeah isn't that cool Do you remember those you remember those memories
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh i think katie katie was doing a movie uh called wife as we know it with uh, my buddy josh Dumel. and uh and i just remember sitting in that hotel room in Atlanta watching the golf channel and just chilling like a villain with my baby. <laughs> and it was awesome. I loved it.
0: This is nowhere near the same it was, it was thing. But, yeah. Sorry. I, I, I can't, I can't listen to my own voice. I just, I, I hate it. It drives me insane. If y'all are just sitting around, can she have a movie on that she was in or something? Or a movie, is, is that something that even doable? Cause to me, that would kind of bug me to be on screen in front of me.
2: You know, uh, well, we watch. We do watch a lot of like current projects that she's doing because okay. we analyze them. Uh, I do all the ADR for her, so that oh, okay. she doesn't have to go into some studio and do them. So we do all that, and so I'm kind of involved too with trying to match everything. But you know, she's. We don't really, you know, we don't really like go back and watch those any of the movies, you know, unless maybe one of the girls wants to see 27 Dresses or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean. I think I think 27 Dresses is like the total equalizer like like all men and women and kids like really like that movie. Like that's kind of I think that's kind of like the the favorite. So when that comes on it's always entertaining to to see it and it's really wild to see you know it's really wild to see yourself and to see her, you know, when we were just babies, and, you know, when we were in our early 20s. It's just weird. And we had no idea what we were doing. We thought we were. We thought we knew everything.
0: <laughs> what uh, what 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 are you missing sports wise right now? I mean, I, I know you're a pretty big sports guy. So with all this going on, what's the uh, what's the what's the withdrawal level like?
2: Well, I was really getting into to watching the NBA. So uh, this this year, last year was probably the most sports I've watched in my whole entire life. I think I watched just about every, just about. Uh, you know every NFL game and every SEC game I watched. Um, I watched my boy Plumlee rush over. Wait, what, what is it, a thousand yards or something like that? A lot,
0: yeah. That dude,
2: that dude's a wild animal. What is it, what is what is that going to be like? What's next year going to be like this year?
0: I'm just praying there Hopefully isn't this year, we, Josh. We're just we're just right hoping now. for a season
1: at this point, Josh. That's <laughs> it's really that simple. I mean, is this going to be?
2: Yeah, I think I, you know, I was really getting into watching the NBA, and obviously, I'm a big golfer. So, I mean, I watch. My wife is always saying, "Is like, does golf ever end?" I said, "Honey, no. it never
0: ends." <laughs> yeah, I know. It's uh, it, it's, so, it, it's, yeah. I do. I watch a lot of sports.
1: You a jazz fan, or do you pick another team, or do you just like the sport in general?
2: I've been having fun watching LeBron. I'll tell you that right now. I know a lot of people. A lot of people are. Some people are against me on that because they think he's so cocky, but he's so freaking good, man. Yeah, no, he's awesome. Um, I watched a little bit of the jazz. I Watched a little bit of the jazz. I I did see that comment the other day. You know, when what's his name uh, from jazz? uh, He was touching the microphone all over the place. Rudy Gobert. And you know, oh my God. I mean, is he ever going to be able to live that down? I don't even know. But
1: well, a lot lot of people. A lot of people think he. A lot of people think, in some in some ways, Gobert is going to go down as sort of the idiot hero, you know, because had that not happened that night, a lot of the games would have continued, and and more and more people would have been exposed, and there would have been thousands of people in arenas all over the place, and and um, that it it would have gotten, it would have escalated much faster.
2: Just so this accidental hero. That's what my buddy up uh, down the street from me says. Here is huge jazz fan. He said that same thing. You know, you just never know. I don't know. I don't really know. I, 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 I definitely have found myself uh, distancing myself from the news now. I just I can't look up the coronavirus anymore. I can't watch any more news about it because um, it's not gonna, not gonna help me anyway. You know, we're just. I think it's better just to spend this time and find the positive and realize that, uh, you know, what it is doing. The positives are that it's, it's got my family closer together and it's got my all my brothers and sisters. Families are closer together. Um, it's given Mother Earth a little time to breathe from from, you know, its virus, which is the human race. I think um, I think that, uh, you know, think about this, like all the smog levels are def- are like completely just like choked off.
1: I was getting ready to ask it's you that. It, really great. Have you seen I mean it's only been what a week and a half or something. Have you seen some of the pictures of downtown Los Angeles? No, I haven't. It's I, incredible. I have like, that up there. The, yeah, you should. The the air for lack of a better term looks so different. I know that sounds idiotic and <laughs> No,
2: just, I, that's one of the reasons why I got out of LA. It's because I was like this is, you know, and I love LA. I miss so much about it. Um, but you know, just all of that smog, and and also all there's a lot of smug there too. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of people that just, you know, they they just hate themselves because there's only so many slots that are available in the entertainment industry, and you've got millions of people coming in every day trying to fill those slots, and there's a lot of rejection. So, uh, but getting back to Mother Earth, man, I I feel like you know I I just it just doesn't it feel like a sign like this is. This is like a little bit of a cleansing. I don't mean in any death. I mean just for, you know, what we, our pool of resources from this great earth, you know, has just been halted. And I think that's good.
0: Yeah, I think it was the New York Times that had a story where it showed the the kind of the satellite, like the splotches of what the pollution and sky smog levels were in major cities, and it it it, it essentially it evaporated. It went from this dark, huge purple to this just just kind of light color uh, as far as above the uh, above the atmosphere right now. So it was crazy,
2: <laughs> amazing. I remember reading this thing on Instagram that said. Uh that global warming needs the coronavirus as publicist, <laughs> because the, or the climate crisis needs the coronavirus as publicist, because you know obviously, like that's a huge crisis that we need to deal with. But that it looks like the coronavirus is kind of helping us deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> they're working hand in hand. I don't want to get too deep into it, but you know, because my me, my wife and I, we do. We get really we will we will talk about this. You know. Over a couple cocktails at night for hours, but um, it is definitely it sucks that it's going on for sure. But I'm I'm a glass half full kind of guy, and I'm always trying to see the positives. And anybody who knows me knows that that's how I, that's how my vessel works. And uh, I do definitely see some positives, but I I will tell you this: every now and then, when I when I feel the gravity of it, I do get scared. I'm like, oh my god, it you know gives me a little anxiety. There like, probably oh, doesn't go on.
1: There are probably a lot of uh, females in our audience right now that are wondering what is Catherine Heigel's uh, cocktail of choice on a random Monday night when you're isolating?
2: Oh, I would. Uh, hers is a dirty martini, uh, super dirty, dry. Gin or vodka. She tells me to wave the vermouth in front of it, but I sometimes put my one little teardrop <laughs> vermouth in there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are we are, are, are we doing gin or vodka? She's vodka. Okay. Yeah. And last
2: last night, I because I, I made some guacamole and she was like, you know what, maybe maybe margarita. So and my margaritas, the J.K. margaritas, they're you be careful if you want to get on that train because they are strong and they're deadly and there you don't realize um, that you're getting that you're getting hit over the head with it. And so I got her hammered yesterday. <laughs> she is so mad at me right now. What's, uh, so it's good that I'm out here in this truck right now.
0: <laughs> what are you? Uh, what, what What are you going with? You a bourbon guy or what? I am.
2: I'm I'm Maker's Mark and a little bit of ginger ale, sometimes huh? ginger beer on the rocks. Um, that is my jam. And if it's if it's not that, uh, I, I I like super super cold IPAs. Okay. <clears throat> if I drink beer, they need to be just like really cold. Yeah. I don't understand people that drink lukewarm beer.
0: I know you mentioned it early in the uh, in the show. So, what's your uh, what, what's your schedule when you're going live on the internet for people that might want to interact and check in?
2: Okay, so yeah, I do Facebook Live uh, every Monday and every Thursday, right around 1.30 Mountain Time, three uh, thirty East Coast. Uh, today, uh, right after we get off the phone, I'm actually doing a uh, writing session. Uh, my publishing company has this like writing camp that usually, you know, you can do it in person. But now they're calling it Concord Camp Quarantine. So, we're, uh, I'm doing a Skype writing session with these two female writers in Canada today, and so my session today with Facebook Live will be pushed back probably about an hour. So I'll probably do it. I'll probably do it today around 2:30 Mountain Time. Uh, but normally it'll be Joshua Junior's bedtime that I do these, okay. it also helps because Europe gets to see it too. So. Yeah, just look up Josh B. Kelly on Instagram, and you can click that link in the bio, or look me up on Facebook, and um, they're fun for me to do. And super high quality on the uh, audio. I figured out how to get my studio quality audio in there, so I'm not I'm not using like the phone's recorder. I know that
0: you know it's I mean. so much uncertainty right now, but do you have any idea if you're gonna be able to you know postpone and pick up tour dates and that kind of thing, or is it a wait and see? Or you, uh... I did?
2: So we yes, we've already started rescheduling. Um, I I was one of the first ones to postpone my tour. And thank God, that's all because of my wife. Um, and so we were able to get some slots that a lot of people were trying to get because everybody had to cancel their tours. And so the, I know that the Atlanta show is going to be on August 20th. And then I know the Nashville show will be August 22nd with the album release on the 23rd. And then all the other dates are going to start falling in place after that. So. Okay. Yeah, late August, September. I'll be back on the road again, um, God willing. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, amen to that.
0: Well, I uh, I appreciate it uh, all the uh, all the time, and if we, if we keep uh, keep getting isolated in quarantine, maybe we'll do it again. But really appreciate it, Josh.
2: Yeah, let's do it anytime, guys. I'm I'm always around, and I love the chat. So thank you guys so much for thinking of me, and thanks for your time as well, and thanks for what you did. Appreciate it, guys. All right, thanks, Josh. Take
0: care. Josh. Was well, Josh Kelly joining us there on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline? As uh, again, he's in Park City. Um, I'm sure there's sports places to be, as he said during uh, during isolation and during this uh, yeah. this period of all of our lives. As, uh just trying to get through it. Um, you know, there probably is something to that. He, he, he mentioned about the beginning of the show when you have you've been on tour and you're kind of in that grind a little bit maybe as much as kind of when I asked you at the start of the show, but even more so kind of getting back to roots a little bit, you're interacting with people and fans and you've got time to just play around and kind of experiment with things. I mean, music, probably the one area you can do it above all else. But I mean, that's, th- th- there probably is a complete and utter sort of whew, breath that you can, you can take in that situation. Yeah, maybe so. I get, I get,
1: I, I, I fell down the trap of actually looking at Facebook, Facebook. I mean, uh, the other day and, if you pay any attention to Fakebook, you know that everyone is coping with this much better than you are. You know,
0: well, yeah, everybody's doing homeschool, and not only doing homeschool, but they are—they uh, they have literally eight hours a day on chalkboards yeah. and dry erase boards, and it's perfect.
1: Is well, it's, it's and they're having family game night, and everyone is just sitting around. We—that's—that's that's not my experience with this. This is there's more there's more stress, and by the end of the day. I sense that the kids don't want to be around us. They want to be in their own spaces. They don't. They don't want to sit down for a family game of Monopoly. And so, I mean, I'm I've come to one of two conclusions: either fake book is completely fake, or we did a really poor job of of raising our kids to want to all be together. So I, I don't know. I don't know which which is uh, which is which.
0: We haven't really talked about it at this point. Uh, what's your early takes once that, uh, the Tom Brady news is official in Tampa? How's it going to be? Just hope he gets to play there. That's it. My my sports You're takes – You're very firm on that right now.
1: My you? sports takes right now that people keep coming back and they're like, hey, give me a list, give me a list. No, I just – listen, I just hope we get seasons. Um. I said this yesterday on, on uh, G-Pits that there was, I think I might have told you in a conversation we had, that if you, I've, I've kind of based this on NBA and MLB people for a while because I know that everyone will follow them. There was some optimism middle of last week from NBA and MLB people that, hey, we're going to get this thing going late June, early July. That optimism seemed to fade over the weekend. I'm kind of hoping it comes back. Um, that's what bothers me. I mean, you listen to Josh just then and he talking you know, when, when are you resuming your tour? It's August the 22nd. It's kind of late. And so I always think about, okay, from a sports standpoint, what's, what's the drop dead spot? When do you, like I I keep people keep asking, I don't know about you. I get, keep getting the question and maybe now it's people being funny. But it's, hey, what do you think about spring practice? And it's like, it's, that's not happening. There's there's a zero, in my mind, 0.0% chance that spring football happens. That's insane to even think about. Right, look at Ole Miss right now today. Eli Johnson, if, if they were in the middle of spring practice, it would be stopped right now. Because mm-hmm. he's been exposed to it. And so he's exposed his teammates to it if they were, if they were all together, right. which means you're having to quarantine everyone. So it's why I, I don't – I'm not particularly confident that there's going to be a Major League Baseball season. In fact, if you made me bet today, I'd bet that there won't be one. At all. At all. I think it's becoming readily apparent that the NBA is going to run out of time. Because here's the problem. Let's say the NBA restarts. And then somebody, pick a a guy on the Clippers, okay? Test positive. Do you have to quarantine the Clippers for 14 days? And if you do, that shuts it all down. So I'm not not confident at all on that. And then I wonder when, if you try to bring all these college programs together too soon, try to get, hey, we've got to get ready for the season. We've got to get back in our off-season program. Okay, so you bring them all back, say, June the 20th, and then three guys test positive and, and have symptoms. You have to quarantine the whole team for 14 days. How does that work? I, I'm, I'm not as optimistic today as I was middle of last week about any of it, frankly. And that's that's the part that I, I've had a hard time with. Like I, I didn't even write about it. And here's why. I didn't write about the NBA winners and losers of free agency and stuff because I, I catch myself just going, well, I just hope they get to play. I mean if Tom Brady gets to play for Tampa I'm I'm as in I'm more in today than I ever would be watching Tom Brady in a in a Bucks uniform and I think my response to doesn't that look weird? I would say no man it just looks beautiful. It means that we're back to normal. It means that that we're able to mitigate this thing down to a place where we can have sports back again. <clears throat>
0: What is your thought process as you're trying to figure out 10 thoughts every week, given that? I mean, it's probably kind of a struggle on not just coming up with thoughts, but hey, what tone, what am I trying to do here? Yeah, well, I mean,
1: like Laura, two weeks ago said, how are you going to do that? And I was like, I don't know. I'll I'll be all right. And the first week I was fine. And uh, and then this week was really hard. It was kind of hard to come up with stuff and I don't want to be a doomsday guy and I don't want to be super negative but I also don't want to be a propagandist who says oh yeah we're going to be good let's, let's predict what's going to happen in the NFL season because one of the things I wonder about and there's a question in the, in the live thread about it's from Robert Layden he says Neil do you think students will return to college campuses in the fall disregarding sports one of the questions I have the NFL can push back I do wonder about college campuses at what point can you push how far can you push back before you're like this semester got away how does that work
0: well in old Miss go into pass fail in some areas Z grades I mean that's again everybody's trying to manage best they can I, I, I don't really mean this is a criticism but okay you're going to pass fail kids that were right on the cusp or kind of in that middle ground they're probably slacking off and go, Hey, I'm just trying to pass. There's no reason to do anything. And then your kids with the 4.0s on the line and the A's they're pissed. Yeah. Cause suddenly it's just a pass fail. And you're that they're in the same boat as everybody else, which is going to be, Hey, are they going to stay engaged? We're already having to kind of really up the engagement anyway, as far as, um, keeping kids in tune with these online classes. You've got, you've got some professors doing a great job. You have some that frankly have given up. I mean, it's, it's it's a complicated thing right now. And I don't, I don't. I don't know how this is work. That's why I don't believe the semester finishes. Just my opinion.
1: So it just ends in an incomplete.
0: I don't know. I, no, I think they'll push people through. Because if you end in an incomplete, yeah, parents, parents like that. me, I'm gonna say I want my money back. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that. But I'd just be a little stunned if the the plans that are going on right now make it through the middle of May. I guess that's my point. We'll see. Hope I'm wrong. I mean, I'm just no, throwing I, some thoughts out. I don't. I don't
1: think you're wrong. I'm curious to see what happens with just the Oxford School District, which is a well-to-do, well-off, well-organized, well-run school district. Can you keep the streams up? We don't live in a metropolitan area. There are kids that are out in fairly rural areas. Where we are right now is quasi-rural. Mm-hmm. You know, the Wi-Fi, not, 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 it's good, but it's not great. And it gets spotty. And when everybody's on it at once, it can get pretty shaky. Yeah. What, what happens? But like, you know, with Campbell, Campbell's got a shot at a 4 this semester at this point. If you go to pass-fail, is she as motivated? And if you go to a pass-fail and she's not as motivated, does she learn? Because she's a freshman. She's taking a lot of base-level classes, economics, accounting, data, things that are classes that she has to build on in the, in the future. If you don't get these building blocks now, are there cracks in your foundation academically that, that get exposed later? There's a lot of questions. I don't and I don't hold the these different universities responsible as you know, there there's there's no reason that anybody at Ole Miss or LSU or Arkansas or Mississippi State or wherever had some meeting in August where they said, Hey, now listen, let's as we as we prepare for this academic year, let's talk about the chances of a pandemic that will shut mm-hmm. the I mean that that just didn't happen. Yeah. Um But I wanna those questions have to be asked now. And then a lot of those people that need to make those decisions, they can't all get in one room and make those decisions. hmm so.
0: Take a final break in the show to tell you about visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com/slash events. Just go to the uh, go to the page, go to the website at the top. They have a uh, COVID nineteen ways to support Oxford. It's got a list of restaurants and retailers for services offered at this time for curbside and delivery services. There is a uh, link to how to support service industry employees at this time as well, and then also some organizations in need and the uh, the like there. So again, visit oxfordms.com to find out more if you're uh, if you're local and figure out a way to their help out out or figure out what the services are and how to use them
1: the uh, podcast is also brought to you by nest and wild sleep better with the nest and wild mattress it is a mississippi-based mattress company making a high-quality mattress delivered right to your door they make buying a new mattress easy every nest and wild mattress is one foot thick giving you comfort and support that will last a lot of online brands sell an 8 inch or 10 inch mattress with less support and durability not nest and wild they're 100 percent american-made all one foot thick And uh, it also comes with a podcast discount. Go to nestandwild.com, order your mattress, use the podcast code REBEL20, get 20% off your purchase. Your mattress will arrive at your door in three to five days. We'll be taping a mind on my money tomorrow. Uh, Those have been pretty informative for those of you who uh, are worried, concerned about your financial accounts as they navigate their way through this crisis. Uh, That podcast is brought to you by Pinnacle Trust go to Pintrust.com, PINNTrust.com. trust.com. Now is the time that you want a uh, very comprehensive, detailed financial retirement plan. You want professionals monitoring it, and they'll do that at Pintrust. Mention you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the podcast. You'll get 10% off your first year's fee. We're also brought to you by the Westin Jackson. It's a Marriott property in downtown Jackson, home to Soul Spa, also home to Estelle Wine Bar and Bistro. Again, it's the Westin Jackson in downtown Jackson. And we're brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. At some point, whether it's July, August, whenever this is going to end and you are going to want to get away, you're going to want to recharge your batteries, 901-494-3387, that's the number you call, J Edwards at net. that's the email. Send them some parameters, give them a budget, they'll give you options, John will, that uh, you won't find on your own, and no, you don't have to live near Memphis to take advantage of his services, and you can save $50 off your first book trip just by telling John, You heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. And we're brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. GrenadaNissanUSA.com We're also brought to you by Oxford University Bank. OUB, locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. They are open Today, I uh, drive through only the lobby is closed, but they're open to service your banking needs if you uh, are in Oxford or if you're moving to Oxford. Uh, they've got Casasa, uh, it's the absolute best cash checking account. And with Casasa, OUB pays customers 2.5% interest on their balances, up to $50,000, and refunds ATM fees nationwide. To learn more about OUB, check out liveoxford at bankoxford.com. Or call 662 234 6668. OUB is FDIC insured.
0: What are you reading right now?
1: I am in the middle of two books. Okay. Um, Can
0: you do that? Bounce back and forth? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I've got nothing but time. I'm, uh, okay. I'm reading Ordinary Grace by William Kent Kruger. And I'm reading a book uh called Accidental Presidents by uh Jared Cohen about yeah. people who inherited the White House without being elected into it and how critical oh. turns out their roles were in American history.
0: Pretty how many are there how, how many of those are there? I'm like going in my head and do like it. Eight or nine,
1: it's pretty interesting.
0: Okay. That's a large percentage. Yeah. When you think about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like uh was it I I'm, I'm already I'm already off. I mean obviously the the ones that you know, Lyndon Johnson and people like that but but like there was the one president was it taft they got I i can't remember who it was got, I, I i have to go back and look at it My, as you've been saying you're scattered i'm a little scattered today uh, a president got elected got sick basically during the inauguration and didn't make it long and so somebody inherited three and a half years of the white house
0: that'd be a long time
1: Especially if you didn't want the job. That's some point, yeah. That's one of the things that's interesting is that back in the day, and it's not like that now where we you have to be a psychopath to want the job. Back in the day, people took that job because friends said, Hey, I need we need you to do this for for our country. You think it was more noble back then? Oh, there's no question. Like Ulysses S. Grant, he didn't want the job. He got talked into running. Didn't want it at all. Family didn't want it. And yet, and yet, James Monroe didn't want it. Founding one of our founding fathers, he didn't want that job. But it was kind of like, hey, you've got to do this. If you don't do it, the country will fall apart. No, I don't think it's anywhere near that noble now. Do you?
0: No, the media has not necessarily media. There's a lot of reasons, but there's a there's an extra level of narcissism, or like you said, just a little bit of a screw loose. Yeah not always not making them a bad guy just something you that to take on that pressure and yeah i mean maybe maybe for some of them it is it's a complete purpose and a nobility but i mean they've got a level that i can't even comprehend if that's the case you know what i mean that you're sacrificing your life essentially for it yeah that's what it is i mean you look at every one of them the day they got in, the get out and the stress and the the, just the, the everything involved with it today i don't know
1: having a debate in the thread about when college campuses are open again and back to normal. If you had to, if you had to bet, what would you bet?
0: Um, delayed fall start. It's my guess.
1: Yeah. October.
0: I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I
1: mean,
0: if I you told me you could get started in mid-September, I wouldn't be blown away.
1: Yeah today I guess because I'm being a little negative I would say January of 2021 things resume quote normally end quote
0: we're still in the don't know phase oh
1: there's no doubt about that
0: that's the thing positively or negatively we're still in the don't know phase so I don't know it's a good question but in my head, I've got to hold out some hope or I'll drive myself crazy. I Is just a ch-
1: can't. Chance for somebody out there to be a real hero, uh, whether it's, it's uh, of course, you can't speed a vaccine, but you could, if you found a medicine that stopped it and you could mass produce that medicine you'd be a hero today
0: there's the hope that you I mean they're they're the world the world health organizations testing those three right now yeah. to just see where we are yeah. i mean they're already apparently they're already supplying some of them because like i said david johnson reported in that facebook post that he was given the malaria drug right so
1: hopefully i don't know that was the fight last week you know on the press conference and stuff and it's just sometimes i just like I, what's the doctor's name Fauci? Yeah. He's, there's a comforting element to him when he talks. Like, I feel like I'm getting the truth. I'm not getting negativity. I'm not getting optimism. I'm just getting truth. Like I said, it's calm. Yeah. I wish sometimes they would just let him go in there, take the podium, get rid of everybody else, and go, okay, ask your questions. And then I wish the media would take a pledge. Can we not do the blame game right now? Can we get to just a place? Because everybody's to blame. Did, did did the White House handle this the right way in January? Of course not. Would the media, had the White House been more aggressive in January, giving Trump a break? Of course not. The liberals and the conservatives can't work together. We see that right now. Democrats, Republicans, they just fight like dogs and cats. So let's get past the blame game. Let's talk about what we can do. And then at the end of it, when it's over, there will be lots of time to do the autopsy and we can figure out who to blame and who to punish and all of that stuff. That's where I get frustrated. Instead, it's everything is about the blame game today. There's a time for the blame game. In, in November, people will go to the ballots and, and, and they'll vote. And if this is Trump's undoing, the American public will speak. And if the American public feels that... Trump deserves four more years. They'll speak there too. And one of the, the, the great thing, the great thing about our country is that throughout history, there has always been a peaceful transition of power. Mm-hmm. And we bow to the American public. We, the, the American public speaks and it is the final word. And that word comes in November. And I just sometimes wish that here in March, as we face this crisis, we could all just say, hey, let's put some of that aside for right now and figure this out and then let the american public speak in november
0: yeah so all right we'll uh, close the show there again appreciate josh kelly giving us a lot of time today gonna gonna take a shot of some guests try to try to fill the time with interesting people and stories and see if we can uh bring you some content that you will enjoy during this uh this period of the year and the period of our lives so uh thanks to him thanks to all you guys for hanging out in the stream and uh, for our listeners every single day and we will talk to you again tomorrow